Welcome to the People First Culture Podcast with me, Michelle Falcon, where I share lessons I've learned and those of others on how to build a more purposeful business and career. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the People First Culture Podcast. I'm Michelle Falcon, and this is episode four. Each podcast that I record has one key goal, that's to share lessons on how to grow a great business uh, and career. Uh, I share some lessons of my own, but sometimes I reach out to guests, people that I know, uh, to be able to ask them to unpack and share the lessons, the strategies, the tactics that they are using within their business and within their career so that we can share them with you and you can apply them within your business and your career. Pretty straightforward. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do so wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, If you liked prior episodes, uh, please leave a review. If you like this episode, please leave a review. It helps us uh, create more awareness about the podcast. Uh, This episode uh, took me a while to put together uh, because I wanted to go deep into thought in what I would have done over again or differently in my 20s as I was building my career. I'm 35 now. And as I was brainstorming some of the things that I would change, I I was stuck, not because there's nothing I wouldn't change. Of course, there are many, which I'm going to share. I was stuck because I wanted to make it you know, relevant uh, to anybody listening. Uh, and perhaps some things that you might feel uh, you've experienced in your career, or maybe you're just getting your career started. Um, I wanted to make things practical for you. Uh, So that's what this episode is about. Uh, If you have questions uh, that you believe um, I might be able to shed some light on, uh, feel free to tweet at me, at Michelle Falcon, uh, or email me, uh, my email is michelle at michellefalcon.com. DM me on Instagram. Send a courier pigeon. Do something to get a hold of me. Uh, I'm Michelle Falcon everywhere. Uh, as long as you don't spell it Michael, you should be able to find me. So this episode's one that I really enjoyed recording. And it is going to share what I would have done differently growing my career in my 20s. Now, whether you're in your 20s now or older or younger, it's almost irrelevant regarding the age. The only reason that I reference my 20s is because that's when I really started focusing on my career. As you may know, uh, my career started working for a medium-sized company in Vancouver called 1-800-GOT-JUNK in my early 20s. I started there in the call center. Uh, answering 100 calls a day, worked my way up, and I am where I am now uh, because many of the things that I did in my 20s. So when I was reflecting what I would do differently, the first thing that came to mind but kept coming back to me was something that I learned from someone named Cameron Harold. He is the former COO of 1-800-GOT-JUNK. He took them from $7 million to $127 million, I believe, in, in six years or so. I'm, I may be slightly off with those numbers, but it's in that vicinity. 
uh, he had shared something with me many years ago uh, regarding parenting. He said, and I'm paraphrasing, when you have kids, you shouldn't focus on their weaknesses and get them tutors. You should focus on their strengths and get them coaches. And that really hit home for me because we've been trained that you get tutors for your weaknesses, but what about your strengths? Um, You shouldn't ignore those. You should probably amplify those. So that's the first thing that I would have done differently as I was getting my career started was being self-aware of what my strengths are. Now, whether your strengths have been fully baked or you're just starting to realize them, every single human being has a strength uh, in one regard or another. Um, Not everyone spends time discovering them, getting intimate with them and truly understanding them. So if I was to do my career over again, I would be more self-aware on what my strengths are, uh, which would lead to the second thing. In my 20s, that's when digital online courses were just starting to become popular, uh, but definitely not as mainstream or or accepted as they are today. But if I was to have been more self-aware of what my strengths were, I would have saved more money to be able to purchase digital courses to be able to expand my strengths. So for example... Let's say one of my strengths was public speaking. I would not go and ignore that that's a strength of mine and focus just on my weaknesses. I would acknowledge that, you know what, public speaking is a strength of mine because uh, I've had individuals tell me that I'm a good speaker. Well, how can I bring that to the next level? How can I level up? Is there a course online that will sharpen my skills to become even a better public speaker and there certainly is there was then and there definitely is now so what you can do now whether you are just starting your career or uh, you're living a very fruitful career now is get very very clear on what your strengths are and support those strengths by amplifying them with even more resources and courses these days are affordable Uh, You don't need a full-time coach or mentor. There are things that you could find online through Udemy and and many other uh, websites, uh, many of which are subscription-based, or you pay for the course individually. Uh, Those are two things that I would do. The third thing is I would have spent way less time on Facebook and Instagram, and I would have spent more time on LinkedIn and Twitter. So let's unpack LinkedIn first. Uh, LinkedIn is, it's bizarre for me. It's valuable, but it's almost something that I ignore. Uh, I don't spend enough time on, and I'm actually giving myself advice now in that I need to spend more time on LinkedIn uh, for obvious reasons. I, I think every professional has a LinkedIn account. I think the majority of accounts are active. Now, is majority 55% or 85%? I'm not sure. Um, But it is the professional social network as as we know. But I would spend more time connecting with uh, people on LinkedIn. Now, this is how I connect with people on LinkedIn. Let's say 
I wanted to learn better customer experience practices for my restaurant business. And when I asked myself who, who or what company could I learn from, I identified that, you know what, Lululemon is doing a kick-ass job at their online and offline customer experience. I would go to LinkedIn, I would use the search bar, I would filter by company, and I would search Lululemon. That's going to generate a result, a report that will filter who in my network, first connections, second connections, third connections on LinkedIn, work for Lululemon. That will filter a report for you. And then you can see who am I connected with that knows these individuals. So let's say my friend Bobby is a connection to someone named Lisa who works at Lululemon. I would go reach out to Bobby and ask, hey, this is what I'm trying to achieve. I understand that you know Lisa. Is there a chance you can make an introduction? This is what I'm trying to learn. That is how I would have leveraged LinkedIn better in my 20s to really level up my career. Now for Twitter, same thing. Um, Twitter is the best social network, full stop. Uh, from career to, to comedy to sports to news, uh, I, I don't believe they've done a great job at uh, educating people on how to properly use the platform. So there is a bit of friction, uh, which is why you might not spend as much time on Twitter as you do on Instagram. The great thing about Twitter, too, is you can just be a bystander. You don't have to engage. You can just scroll and read and consume. But I would do the same thing. Um, I would go to Twitter, use your search function and type in Lululemon uh, and see who has Lululemon in their bio um, or who is constantly tweeting about Lululemon um, and reach out to them. Um, but it's best to reach out in a warm fashion. So try to find somebody who you know that knows the individual that you're trying to reach. That is just, you know, uh, connections 101. I wish I spent way more time on LinkedIn and Twitter than I did on Facebook and Instagram. Next, I wish I was more comfortable in my own skin. Um, and I think that's a direct correlation to being confident. Uh, today, I'm much more confident. Uh, therefore, I'm more comfortable um, saying things, sharing my opinions, uh, and other things. But that comes with time. I don't think we're just born or naturally progress because we get older, uh, being comfortable in our own skin. Um, there are still times today where I second guess whether, should I tweet that out? Because what if I get ridiculed? What if somebody rubs somebody the wrong way? What if, you know, a bunch of what ifs? Um, so I wish I had found a way of being more comfortable in my own skin earlier. And I don't know how one can do that uh, without having a lot of self-confidence. Uh, for me, my confidence was derived from achievement. Um, now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. As I say this, I'm questioning what a therapist might say. But uh, I am who I am, and I've learned to accept that. And I'm now probably in the best place I've ever been when it comes to 
my confidence and, and being comfortable in my positioning and things. Next is probably, not probably, it is the most important thing that I wish I had known when I was younger developing my career. Only open your mouth when you know a topic very well. Uh, there's a quote which is one of my favorite quotes. It goes like this, better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. You don't need to have an opinion on everything. Society isn't asking all of us to have an opinion on everything. I like the idea of remaining silent on things when I don't know what I'm talking about. If I don't know this subject, whether it comes to business or societal issues, uh, I just remain quiet. And I rather know a few things very well than many things at a moderate level. I remember being younger and feeling the pressure to have an opinion on things that were brought to my attention or a dialogue that was within my you know, sphere of influence or uh, around people that were having these conversations. I felt like there was a need for me to have contribute to these conversations. Today, if you ask me my opinion on something and I have no idea what the subject is about, I will tell you confidently, I don't know anything about that subject. My opinion's irrelevant. If I know a little bit about the thing that you've engaged me in, I will preface it by saying, I don't know a lot about this topic. This is what I know. So I believe this is my opinion. If I do know a topic very well, you likely know that I know it well, maybe because you're a friend or we've worked together, and I will speak very confidently in that. So when it comes to business, anything related to company culture, customer experience, and employee engagement, that's my thing. I will speak to it very fluently. But when it comes to things like finance, which you know I'm no dummy, I can read a P&L and, and understand a balance sheet, that's kind of that mid here um, where I know enough, I'll contribute, but I will preface it in saying, you know, I, I'm, I need this uh, presented to me in layman's terms. Uh, and here's my opinion based on what I have gathered. And that allows somebody to be corrected, right? When you approach a topic that you're fairly familiar with, with your guard kind of half up, that gives people the permission to coach you on it. But if you go into every conversation acting like you know everything, that's going to repel people from wanting to work with you, from wanting to correct you as well. So be careful with how you frame your opinion. And if you don't know anything about the topic, I'll give you an example in my business. I do not know. I, I know more now today, but at the beginning, I did not know how to build a supply chain. So I went to experts who did, somebody named Tyler, who I had a conversation with today, who uh, used to work for A&W and is now a consultant. I went to my friend, Chef Guillermo Russo, who has done this before. So I approach it and say, this is what I'm trying to solve. I have no opinion on this. I don't know how uh, this is done. And that is not showing weakness or vulnerability. It's just honest and admirable. Those are the things that I wish that I had uh, learned or done more of 
when I was in my earlier 20s. Um, let me know what you think. Leave a comment, leave a review. Um, do you uh, feel like you could have done things better earlier in your career? Are you still trying to find your footing within your career? And if so, what are some of the things that you're struggling with? Where do you excel? Uh, I am Michelle Falcon everywhere online. Uh, thank you so much for uh, dedicating a little bit of time to listening to this episode. If you liked it, subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast and write a review if you learned a thing or two. Thank you so much. And you can go to my website, michellefalcon.com. You could share your email address so that you're alerted every time I release a podcast or some sort of valuable education. Until next time, everyone, thank you so much for your time. Take care. If you made it this far, thank you. Please consider leaving a rating and review for my podcast.